0: You still Mm. get that
1: echo, FYI. I love the fact that you're relaxed and having a good time, but then... uh,
0: Too close, too
2: far. What's with you guys? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's his effort to stop popping. He's just leaning back and taking her easy. Taking a load off. (laughs) He landed such great jokes that he's like, "Ah, time to take a load off. (laughs) No, no, you got to do the sniff. Taking a load off.
1: (laughs) 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 All right. But I love you. I love (laughs) you.
0: More work for you later. Sorry.
1: George, sometimes you lean in when you're making a point, and it sounds fucking great. That's my point. I I can tell the difference, you know? (laughs) Like, I know you got a good one when you lean in and your voice sounds crystal clear. (laughs)
0: It's called Stagecraft. Check into it.
2: to
3: ear and
1: loading. I am so excited about our episode number. I don't even have words to voice my enthusiasm. I'm bubbling over. So let's let these people tell us what uh, episode we're on. Here we go.
3: Six, oh, six, oh, six, oh, six, oh, six, oh, <laughs>
1: i can keep that going if you want
0: what a great edit is that is that 6060842 for me? yeah it is <laughs> 842 and i'm waiting for you i
1: did that about five minutes ago <laughs> it popped into my head at the last second i go i gotta do it so there you go we are ear and loathing on episode 60 can you guys believe it i can getting
0: old almost ready for aarp Retirements yeah. in the in right down the street. Wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, those podcast uh, retirement benefits are going to be juicy. I I oh. can already tell you.
2: The union, you know it. <laughs> are they fighting for us too in, during the strikes? I don't think so. Are they fighting for the Get Mo Bros? because we're fighting for? Yeah, them. no
1: other podcasters except the Get Mo Bros. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I think that's why they can't resolve anything because they're yeah. standing true. <laughs> Okay, so this is Ear and Loathing, uh, episode sixty. We're glad to be here. We're the Gitmo Bros. We are the number one rockers forever, and please don't ever forget that. And I would like to say hello to
0: the media darling of Ear and Loathing. Why don't you say hello to all the people? Hi, I'm George White, and um, like Paul Stanley said in 1976, put your hand in my pocket and grab onto my rocket. Oh, <laughs>
3: what? <laughs>
2: It's a demand. I know <laughs>
0: that's
1: one of George's questions at his interview when he's hiring new people at the job. You know, <laughs> would you put your hand in your pocket and grab my rocket? <laughs> sorry, what'd you say? You heard me. <laughs> and he's calling in from the North Star. He's my North Star, he's George's North Star, and he's Paul Stanley's pocket rocket North Star. <laughs> Why don't you say
4: hello?
2: God, the devil asked if my soul was on the market, and I said, baby, it's on sale. I stock them deeper than that backseat reefer, and I'm selling them even cheaper. Hey. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that was almost like a Paul Stanley lyric. That's right. It was.
2: It was like a <laughs>
0: Paul
1: Stanley stage rap.
0: <laughs> I don't know what backseat reefer is, but it sounds good. Yeah, for sure. That's where the best reefer is. It's the best <laughs> reefer's in the backseat. It's like the Coke in the control room. Yeah,
2: it's the best. <laughs> reefer cheaper, you know what I mean? Fuck
0: Exactly what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> the movement you need is on your shoulder. I know what you mean.
0: Just talking about
1: parrots again. <laughs> uh, so, you know, speaking of a dog who we just heard from, uh, he's in the torture chamber today. Yeah,. yeah! And we're gonna Love get it. in there. we're gonna we're gonna hear from our friend, uh, our little hillbilly friend, but first of all, I'm gonna introduce a new feature today, okay? Ooh. Um, just because uh, this is starting to trickle in here And uh, I'll just introduce it with a song And then we can talk about it And it, this, hopefully we'll get to do this every episode It'll only take a few minutes But uh, here we go
3: Get mo' get no mail It's time to check the get mo' mail Get mo' get no mail Now it's time to finger blast our mail sack
1: <laughs> yeah, got to get a, a finger blast oh, on yes. our mail sack. I love it when our when our listeners give us a finger blast on our mail sack. What a
0: fantastic <laughs> song, Damon. <David. laughs> oh, body, you. body, feel my body, <laughs> feel my body. So this is
1: the Gitmo mail bag, mail sack, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we heard from a guy named Steve who emailed me. Now, listen, if you guys want to email us, you can do it through the website or you could just go directly to earandloathing at gmail.com. You can also message us on the various social medias like Facebook or Instagram. Can you send messages on TikTok? I don't know. I'm pretty sure we have a
0: TikTok sure, account. Yeah you, yeah, you can. Yeah, We'll have slip to slip into
2: our DMs.
0: Yes, Slide in. <laughs> That's right. in. And uh, Damon, I'm guessing you, you selected this this letter um from thousands that have been sent in, is that correct? Oh yeah. Sacks and sacks like Santa Claus just all
1: yeah. over the yeah. yeah. It's yet another Excel spreadsheet I have to keep track of all the mail that's coming in. Sure. I like
2: to imagine Damon that you're like Tom Hatton and when he was doing Popeye and he would reach into that big drum and you pull out the <laughs> <Right>? squiggle mail.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And then but instead of drawing a picture from a wiggle, I just draw pictures of dicks.
2: Yeah, dicks and, and F blasting.
1: <laughs> As all geniuses do.
2: In yeah. fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So, Steve wrote to us about the episode, the feelings episode, which I don't oh. even know the number of that one. Does anyone?
3: It's like 50, two episodes ago, right? 57? 50 yeah, 57
1: or eight. Yeah. I suppose that's easily checked. And I probably mm. should have been prepared, but oh well. Mm. He said the feelings segment had me laughing out loud right at the beginning. It's amazing it's still funny after so long. He's right. Remember how just hearing that word feelings has made us all laugh out loud? (laughs) So I tried to listen to the Roger Waters song uh, this episode, Showcase, but I could not get through it. I don't blame you. I think we established on the episode that was the first time any of us had ever gotten through the entire Roger Waters song. So Steve's Mm -hmm. right about that. And he finishes up with, you guys really got this one
2: right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I'm hearing an implication in there. The note behind the note uh, is that there are times when we don't get it right. <laughs> this That's one. We've got this one right. And <laughs> right. you know, we'll keep working, Steve. Yeah. Well,
0: and, and also, this, this is a controversial podcast. Don't forget, I'm sure there's people out there that are listening and going, I love that fucking song. What's wrong with those guys? Totally. Those are jerks.
2: <laughs> we heard about it from fucking close friends about fucking Autograph. Yeah, that's so, right. Like, you know. It oh, happens. and um and ooh, what was that one? You know, uh, sex you up.
0: Sex you up, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> My
2: fucking wife gave me a hard time about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Cuz she yeah. likes the song? Yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't kids know. Yeah, the kids from the
0: 90s, what are you going to do? Goddamn, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, okay, if we we got that one right and we appreciate it, Steve. If we sometimes don't get them right, well, this is what I have to say about that.
0: So I messed up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It was very nice that Steve wrote in, though. That's, no, it took is. took the time to do it.
1: I got to tell you, I love hearing from you guys. So please email us something or, or message us, and uh, we will read it on the air in the new Get Mo, Get Mo Mailbag. <laughs> no dick pics, you
2: guys. Okay. Yeah, we have enough no of dick. those. Come on. No dick yeah, pics. We send the of three those. of our own dicks around to each other.
0: Right, yeah. Oh, all are lousy with dick pics. <laughs> it's a funny thing we do.
2: <laughs> Door's still open to butthole pics, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, if that's... If that's your thing, yeah, you know <laughs> it's clearly ours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so
1: thanks, Stephen. We'll uh, we'll do that. Get more mailbag whenever we get cool mail from you guys. Or actually, if you guys want to criticize us too, that's always fun. Yeah. We appreciate all feedback. All right, so another uh, another fan wrote in, and she is considered one of our number one fans. I would say we have several. And uh, she wanted to know if there was a name of the guy who's playing banjo with Clem. In honor of this number one fan, I came up with the name for the banjo player, his kind of compatriot who sits next to him. And his name is Goober Goobernatorial. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you <laughs> Well known hillbilly picker Down there in, in Georgia's region of the country
2: Comes from the Tuscaloosa fucking Notorials <laughs> That's right
0: <laughs> Okay I'm tell you a real story now Okay and, and you'll think Oh yeah Okay So there's a guy from my town And his name I'm not kidding Is Juba First name Juba J-U-B-A uh, Middle name Lee Juba Lee Hamill <laughs> Are
1: you
2: kidding? <laughs> <Okay>.
0: Nope <laughs> And everyone used to call him Jubal. Not Juba, Jubal.
2: <laughs> hey, Jubal. That's dangerously close to other things, and it yeah, makes me uncomfortable. It
0: took me a few minutes as, you know, as a, as a uh, Californian <laughs> to figure out what the hell they were saying. Jubal. <laughs> hey, Jubal. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck uh, is this guy's name? <laughs> My cousin friend looked at me, and he goes, Jubal. I'm like, oh, and he's told me the whole Jubilee, and I'm like, a Jubilee. And I'm like, wow, that is Southern.
2: Do we, is there any chance that the guy's <laughs> last name is Notorial? No, no,
0: no. Notorial. No, 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 goober, <laughs> goober Notorial. Gooberto. <laughs> is, is it a you, Damon, or is it is it the classic Goober from uh, Mayberry with two O's? Two O's, of course. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And on the banjo, <laughs> <laughs> Goober Notorial. Uh, goober.
2: That's Mr. Goober to everyone but Clem.
0: Speaking of Clem,
1: uh, he... he is going to open the curtain like at the Tonight Show for Aaron to do his Kibbutz Corner. So let's hear from good old, uh, good old Clem. Hi there. Welcome to Kibbutz Corner. And now that you're listening to it and you know you can tell it's Goober, right? That's him. It sounds that's, like that's him. A, that's his style. That's his. Style. It's like yeah. when Louis
2: Armstrong plays uh, the horn. You could tell that it's him.
1: Yeah. It's like when uh, Ray Cooper swings a tambourine around. You always know that's the whooshing sound of the
0: tambourine is, is your Ray Cooper. That's right. I, I, I just thought that is are they Lennon and McCartney of the South? And it's just, it's this Clemson Notorial. <laughs>
2: you know that's a Clemson Notorial
0: joint. That's a Clemson Notorial right there. It's a classic chorus of Clemson Notorial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Aaron, you got a uh, uh, some sort of kibitz corner to delight us with today?
2: I do, I do. Um, this I was inspired, actually, by Georgie Boy's uh, walk down memory lane and uh, the all-too-better paint the Gitmos with, uh, so that way we could get a finer brush out to get the details down about where we come from, how we think about things, and then that helps sort of define or rationalize why we are the way we are and what we think about, uh, so I thought I found it compelling. And so I thought that... we've done like musical heroes and talked about that who really moved us and like shows that meant a lot and i thought that i would sort of dial it back to a more sort of personal thing because everybody has these people in their lives and they often are people who are like family members or their friends or just people they come in contact with that fucking change the course of their life forever and so uh I would for needing to call this something. I was just going to call. Uh, you're my fucking hero, bro. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that would be the segment. You're my fucking hero, bro. Yeah. And so uh, I w- I have a few, and then uh, whilst I do this, maybe you guys think about some of these things so we can make this more of like a discussion or bat it around and just lay it on the line a little bit. I don't want this to be maudlin. It's more just like this was fucking impactful people in my life. Um, so the first one I would say. Would be uh our very own Damon Pipitone for me what <laughs> what um, wow <laughs> and and the reason is the the reasons are are, are legion but uh of course <laughs> the one thing that uh really said on on my course in just this massively impactful way like I can't overstate how important this moment was to me in my life uh so and it's sort of, this is how it started. Damon and I, as some of you know, uh, met when uh, I was I was a freshman in high school, and Damon was a junior, and so on the first day of school, I met him. We were in drama together, and I met him. Um, a few, like, couple weeks or something after that, things happen quickly uh, when you're kids, so a few weeks after that, we were in drama class together, and we were sitting, it was me and Damon in the theater, and then this girl, Nicole, sitting between us. And Damon had his legs crossed and we were just talking with Nicole and she looks over at Damon's leg. And she goes, Ooh, hairy leg. And Damon looks at her without missing a beat and goes, what are you talking about? That's freshly shorn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I couldn't, I, when I tell you how impactful that was to me, I was already pretty hip and could talk to girls and it was like a non-issue. But what Damon did inside a moment that would possibly tweak a lesser person like, oh, oh, like get self-conscious or some dumb thing. That's a very natural human exchange. And to take it in some weird way, he didn't even, it didn't even occur to him. And he was totally charming with his response too. It's not like he like barked at her <laughs> and she smiled and laughed. I was like, holy fuck. It was, I swear to you, it was for me, like removing Excalibur from the stone. <laughs> like going, oh my God, like that's it's a way of being charming that I had my version that I suddenly went, I just grabbed onto that because it was like, so something, Oh, you can do that. There's a way to deal with that in that way. And it just exploded my mind, like in a massive way. And like, it affected everything. It affected my reaction to, you know, bros with my parents, certainly with chicks, like everything, like just carried myself lighter because of that. And, it was amazing to me, and like I'll never forget ever. It's still prime in my mind how, <laughs> how how impactful that was to me. And so I I felt like if I was going to talk about this, uh, it would be. And I think about it frequently, frankly. So like that's a big <laughs> deal for me. Freshly run legs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> See, that's how he does it. I have one question
0: here. Sure. So you said Nicole, right? Yeah. yeah. Now did anyone did anyone finger blast behind this comment? Did anyone? <laughs>
2: probably best not to talk about it.
1: Despite the delivery of that great line, my fingers remained unblasted after that.
2: (laughs) Well listen, you can't always Uh, win. That's that's really nice to hear. I appreciate that. It It was a massive thing and like as the you know the year would pass, we would just be we would be very, very close friends, but then we started playing together and like all the rest of our life happened together. But that was this fucking sea change moment that like I guess happens for a lot of people and like they're if they meet the right person as a freshman in high school, because it's just, things are different now. And I got so lucky about that. And, and I always reflect on it and it means so much to me so much more than it might sound like, but I think that's the way those things go for people in the big worldly world that big giant meaning behind relatively small, innocuous moments. But like, if you dig, if you open them up, they're, they're much larger maybe than they appear. So that was one of those. And so like a heroic thing, <laughs> for
1: me, That's, I, um, I, I like hearing that. Now, if I can just interject. Now, last sure. episode, George talked about one of my lines about Gen X and the hose and everything, which was great. Aaron just upped the ante and had <laughs> called me his hero. George, I'm expecting next episode for you to call me Jesus. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: You know. This se- segment is called Damon is my Jesus. <laughs> or
2: like the Prince of Peace, you know, some some of one of his other Prince names.
0: Prince of Peace, you know.
2: <laughs> the Carpenter. The Carpenter Yahweh, will know what you mean. Yahweh. <laughs> Yamo be there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. So there's that one. There's that one. I'll do a few more. Okay. The other one I would say uh, would be uh, my buddy Brendan Lynch. uh it was no longer with us, sadly. But he was a, a dear friend and a friend to a lot of my other friends. Damon actually rocked on stage with me and him before. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, and so Damon knew him, and we all grew up in the same town. And uh, I met him after high school, but just, just after. And so like, you know, 89, like the winter of 89, I think. Anyways, uh, he was... As a musician and as beautiful, uh, songwriter and performer. And, and I was just fascinated by how it, ad- how advanced he was and how many different influences he had and could put together and do sort of on his own. He wasn't a collaborator, though he could. It just didn't happen much. And so I was really impressed with what he did and how he did things. But later on in life, he was responsible for connecting me and putting me in the position of being in a band with Dalton. Like we were friends, but. Brendan put us together quite literally match made. Oh, you should go play. Cause I, the Mona's were done and he just said, you should go do this. Now he told me where to go. <laughs> and I went down to Hollywood and Western to their, their studio. Said, okay, I'm here. And that's it. Then I played with Dalton for the next 15 or 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just bizarre how things work. And these little small moments again can change things, but being around Brendan, was a thrill for me in most ways. He was a complex fellow, but, you know, aren't we all? And I just learned so much from him and loved him so dearly that the lessons that I learned still still impact me today. When I write, I'm often thinking about things that would make him, that would tickle him about what I'm doing. And so just heroic to me in that. And uh, I will never forget him and, the, and the, the new feelings I had after being around him. Just like a different kind of drive for myself, et cetera, and just... Uh, I miss my friend and all of, all of us who were close to him do. Um, then the last one I'll do, uh, and then we can go to you dudes. Um, I would say uh, Dalton Grant. We sort of knew each other, but then got to get a met at, at Damon and I's. Uh, at, we had a friend named Alec who died and I met Dalton at Alec's funeral. And um, we became tight, like pretty much right away. Um, and then we were in bands together and really sort of learned how to do a different kind of rock than I was used to. And uh, I was keen to keep doing it and making the rock larger. And that was Dalton's plan too. And Dalton was very impressive to me because like, he just didn't have the backlog of experience of being in bands forever, but he's an incredibly quick study and watching him figure it out fucking fast was, was surprising and sort of supernatural in a way. Yeah. Cause I remember Dalton,
1: when there'd be a rehearsal at, at Brennan's house, because they, they room right. together, right? Yeah. 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 And D- Dahl would just kind of be sitting on the couch watching, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him perform on stage not too long after that, I was like, whoa, that kid, <laughs> kid, he's my age, but the,
2: the, the, the guy sitting on right. the couch
1: over there mm-hmm. is now up on stage uh, doing the, the authentic rock now. So that, I always thought that was
2: funny. Yeah, it was like fucking real surprising. Like he was—he is a, one of the fastest studies that there is in really anything. And um, he's an incredible person. And it was amazing to be a partner with him because we I had a different kind of drive and a different set of lessons that I could teach him. But he was throwing it right back at me. And we learned how to be this new thing together, even Steven. And we were sort of partners in how that ran for the next 20 years even though it later on became like a solely, like pretty much Dalton writing 99% of everything, but we would run it together because you need that kind of energy in a band band. Like if it's not a bar band, if you're trying to do the thing, no one person can (laughs) carry that kind of weight. And so you have reliable bandmates and friends, but you need somebody else to be another shoulder for direction and enthusiasm and all that. And we did a very good job of that for each other all the way until the end. And because of that, even when it ended, we were able to remain extremely close uh, and really no change, which is a victory to me. And I, I count those three people as so important to me because it would be a real awful drag to be remember when about things or to be remorseful about the choices that I made or any of that. And because of those people... I fucking don't have that. Like my life evolved, but I'm so thrilled that that's a reality for me. And it's because they were bros and beautiful people and I still love all of them, you know? That's such a gift and so untraditional. Like it doesn't happen that way. The arts, you know, people get their hearts broken and 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 get real bitter and and collapse friendships and marriages and everything else. And I'm just so fucking lucky that for the most part, that's not true. And it's, you know, in large part because of those, the type of people, those three people are. So it's a big fucking thing for me. And I don't, again, I don't want to be modding, but like it shaped me. So I figured we'd talk about it. So, so that's where I'm coming from. So I was thinking that like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to like drop on somebody, but do you have people like that, that sort of fit in the way I was sort of talking about?
0: Um, The first person I'd say was uh, my uncle, my uncle Howard. Because when I was a kid, and we were six years, I was six years old, and my mom was divorced, and we came here and to California from Florida, didn't have anything, and we both needed a a male presence in our life, like I did, and so did she, that could help us because it was the early seventies, and we didn't have anything, and he really provided that for us, as a family member, an uncle or brother should. But um, what he did was he spoke to me like an adult all the time. And he was funny, and he taught me that you could be funny and say whatever you wanted, and as long as you were charming, you could get away with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that is a lesson that is sat long with you, George. (laughs) Yes, it
0: is. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) yeah, and he he passed a year ago, and um, I told this story at his. it'll be it'll be a year in about a week, and I told this story at his funeral, and that was when we we only known each other like a year. And he's just starting to get, uh, get wealthy from the, from the nut business because we were tomorrow's nut house. To, we had a bunch of candy and nut stores. Mm-hmm. And so he's just getting rich and he orders a Rolls Royce. And that's when a Rolls Royce came from London and came from England. And you better go pick it up in San Francisco. And my mom and I go there and we, we're going to help him pick it up and drive it back from San Francisco. <laughs> And I get in the back of the car, and I'm six years old. And he's nervous because it's a, uh, it's his, you know, it's his first expensive car. And he, yeah, I'm looking in the back, and it has. The, I remember the, um, the floor mats were like, were like mink, or like, yeah, like dude. looked like mink, That's fucking insane. And I'm six years old, and I, I'm going, hey, look at all. He turns around, and he goes, sit down, shut
2: up, and take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Chuckles suddenly gets finds a rule book, <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then
0: the other thing that stuck with me with him. Was then, now cut to 1979, I'm 13, and my mom's 40. And she thinks that's, those are very significant ages, and we should get a portrait done. Um, <laughs> like, a picture's taken, and then a portrait painted from that, and I have my hair straightened, and I look like an idiot, and I hate it. <laughs> And so we have this, we have this, we have this portrait thing. She's showing Howard the proofs. She's like, look at this. Look at my baby. Doesn't he look great? And oh, it's so wonderful. Such a significant age for both of us. And he holds up one of the pictures and he goes, Hey, is that you? And I go, yeah. And he takes it like it's soap and just starts rubbing it on his balls and his armpits. And my mom gets mad and goes like, that's my baby. What are, you doing? what are you doing? And he's laughing his head off. And it was that kind of humor that said to me, you can break a lot of tension with humor, which I ended up doing a lot of because my mom was so dramatic. And I lived right. with the woman, you know, when I was right. my whole life, just her and I. And I had to learn how to um, diffuse dramatic moments when she was upset or hysterical or whatever. And I learned from him,
2: that's how you do that it's huge to be able to do that and not do it in some sort of like, because there's another way of doing it that like my mom's family was like ninjas at, which is like, oh, listen, that's enough of that. Right. <laughs> Stopping <laughs> a, things. And be, so yeah. then it like leaves Stop the person whatever. perturbed. They're like, well, yeah. I don't know. Isn't it a thing? And then you feel like a, a, a cuckoo, you know? Yeah. Like, and so that's a real, it's a real superhero move to learn that, Georgie. Yeah.
0: It was, a, it was, a, he, he taught me that that was the way to do that. So right. I learned that from and my, many other things, but that was fucking person. huge. The second person um, or people, I guess, is just my experience in general on Everybody Loves Raymond and Phil Rosenthal and Ray Romano and all those writers there, where they taught me how to write and how to be funny, like seriously funny, not right. hey, I'm joking around doing dick jokes, but you know, which is fine too. But how to actually run a television show, write a television show run it smoothly, make everything work, and still have a good time, which is super hard to do in show business. And I learned how to do that there.
2: And from what I've heard from you, run smoothly and sweetly, Yeah, generally incredibly. speaking, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. What it, uh,
2: <laughs> and it used
0: to irritate other people. Uh, what's that guy, that comic? Um, Rob Lezebnik, who's a real funny... Comic and writer, and he'd always hear about how great things were at Raymond. And he'd, he said, "Everybody loves Raymond. Where the desks are made of chocolate." <laughs> <laughs> so mad because everyone's so mad of how do we never have to stay late and all that, and right. you know when it, everyone got along, and which wasn't always true, you know, and there were certainly some scandals and things there that didn't go well. But uh but anyway, they taught me they taught me how to uh, do that, and then I would say. um... The last person is similar to you and Damon in Steve Markowitz where I have a story like the one you told about Damon where um, <laughs> I, get a, I get a job because I've been friends with Steve since this moment. So um, I get a job at the home show, which is a morning show that's on ABC and I'm a PA and I go there and Steve is the production coordinator. So I'm at his beck and call all the time and Steve... At that time, and I guess still, in some ways, he's, he's, his personality is somewhat of a funny bully. Like, that's what he—that's who he is. And he's tattooed and all that, and a tough guy, and rides a motorcycle. And, you know, and I don't respond well to that kind of person. So, <laughs> so his, he's ordering me around and telling me to do things, and, you know, go here and go there, and sending me somewhere f- far away at 5 o'clock, because I'm the new guy, and going, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, <laughs> and laughing <laughs> at me and all that. And finally, like, maybe... And someday I'm gonna say three weeks in, I've had enough of this, and I'm like, fuck it, I don't care what happens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fired. Not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna face him down, and I'm gonna, I don't give a shit. And his wife, whose name Noel, he had married, she was a very pretty girl and was, um, had done a, uh, was doing like the media for the show. And it's all cubicles. We're inside this big, giant office with cubicles. so Everyone can hear each other. And Noelle would always yell over from the other cubicle, like, Steve, can the PAs go get more papers? And just make everyone mad, and we'd listen to her and everything. And so finally she does that one day. And, <laughs> and he says that, and, and he kind of rolls his eyes, and I look at him, and I go, you know, nobody likes her very much. <laughs> And it's his wife. Jesus! I go. You know, nobody likes her very much. And he looks right at me for a second. I'm not sure he's going to punch me or what he's going to do. And he goes, "You know what? I don't either." <laughs> 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 and we've been friends ever since. Like that was the moment. Like you have to do that to a guy right. like that to let him know you don't. You know
2: that you're mm-hmm. not going to take
0: that anymore. You know. And <laughs> And he's like, also Steve is a is a
2: sweet very disguise. sweet sweet person, but like right. you you don't know until you know, I guess you know with right. anybody really. But
0: but uh, those were and there's many other people too. But those are the three. I I loved your story about Damon, so I want to tell one too. <laughs> love <it>. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I loved his story about Damon too. Yeah, <laughs> tell more.
0: Tell more about Damon. <laughs> I did my hose story. What more do you want from me, Damon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well. Coming to mind, just like, you know, if, uh, heroes would be Batman. Okay, good. Crime fighter, dude. The world's greatest. And Scooby-Doo. Ruh-roh. When I was a kid, and my two the two things I cared most about in my whole life was Batman and Scooby-Doo. And then there's an episode of Scooby-Doo where Batman and Robin were guests.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, you know,
1: that was probably the high point of my life. Yes. So, anyway, well, heroes, I don't know. That's a, that's a, a weird term for me. But... I will say that there have been some uh, life-changing moments for me from probably a lot more than I can think of right now. But um, one quick one is my friend Tim that uh, Aaron probably remembers. We used to play weekend touch football with him, kind of from the Harry uh, group of friends. Do you remember mm-hmm. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who sort of set me straight on, on the consumption of meat. Right. Huh. You know, I cannot tell you what he said to me that day cuz we we had been playing football you know every weekend with these guys and then we all just decided to you know even though we'd never met each other we would just happen to show up at the field and like hey how about us against you guys all right cool and then we sort of got friendly with them and to the point where then we'd go find a bar to to drink beers together and you, you guys remember uh was it Clearman's village on Huntington drive with a big ship yes it's actually a I bar that. yeah yeah uh yeah. so we went there um, all these you know, little local references, apologies to every, to our friends in like in Thailand and stuff. Yeah, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's now it's on my like coals or something, by the way, the, the ship is long gone. But anyway, yeah, we sat to, and the reason I don't remember it is because we were probably like four pitchers in and I don't remember what he said, but from that moment on, I've never wanted to eat meat again. And it was just so convincing to me. And, you know. No judgment on people. It just sort of works really well for me. It's a to me, it's a more kind of compassionate way to live your life, and um, so it just made a lot of sense to me. And and so I haven't eaten meat deliberately <laughs> since right. uh, I'm gonna say 1991 or something. So wow. many years.
2: Those things are often so like pure and clean, and it's not a long thing. It's somebody says two sentences and it crystallizes everything that like, perhaps you were already thinking to some degree, but no one was talking you in anything. They just gave you a fact and you went, Oh, right. That, that matters to me now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's miraculous when you run into truth like that.
1: You're dead. Right. Because I, I had tried it a couple of times because my sisters were trying to be vegetarian. So I tried it. And then, you know, I didn't know what I was thinking or doing. I didn't have any belief system attached to it. Right. And then, uh, and so it just didn't catch, I guess. And then once I talked to Tim, it was like, bam, door closed.
0: That part of my life is over. And you were like 22 or something? How old were you? Yeah, I was uh, my early 20s for sure. Wow, that's that's a big decision to make then. I didn't know you'd been doing it that long, and that's a long time to stick with that. There's a lot of people, friends I have, that did that. And then five years later, they weren't. And then they went back, and they only ate chicken and all that. But that's – it's really – kudos to you, sir, for sticking with that that long through the, your 20s. I mean when yeah. you're drunk out of your head and want to go get a beef burrito <laughs> at through in the morning. Well, you so know, for, I- with you, Damon, you're, you're
2: a glorious combination of really stubborn and really smart. So if something makes sense, <laughs> why stop it? Because like this is how I, this is how it works best now. So yeah, stubbornly sure. stick the landing and like it doesn't change dependent upon like how you do other things. Like if you get hammered like George Sand. saying – the other part doesn't kick in suddenly. You're just like, no,
1: it doesn't. Yeah. I've actually had dreams of eating meat and horrified me. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> so gosh. that's, that's how like out of my system it is at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw, uh, both my parents in to this discussion, not necessarily for the sort of hero worship thing, but just certain things that, that were introduced to me at various points in my life that also made a lot of sense. Uh, speaking of what you guys just said, about saying like one or two sentences that just sort of like crystallize things for you. My mom said, and she is a therapist and she was talking about some client and she wasn't revealing who the person was just sort of their situation. And she said, you know, a lot of times I'll ask this client or, or my clients in general, are you problem focused or solution focused? That one question just made my entire life so much easier. It also right. made me recognize in other people, their inability to get out of being in their own head Mm -hmm. and where they are quote problem focused going forward from that point. When I heard her say that she, in fact, she doesn't even a doesn't remember saying it to me and b doesn't think it's all that genius <laughs> but i tell it to be other people all the time i i live by it i, I think all right this thing came up now what am i going to do dwell on the thing and just and try to uh and i'll bitch and whine and complain i mean you guys can vouch for that me trying to get this goddamn podcast set up with all the tech <laughs> problems and everything we had right yeah i was whining about the problems and bitching about what was going on but i was always looking for solutions and so that made a lot of sense to me in my life. Just, and then also to hear yourself being a problem-focused person, is, it, right. it makes me cringe when I picture myself doing it. Yeah. So that, that helped a lot. Uh, and then my parents, just in general, I'll, I'll give my mom a little more credit for something else. When we, as kids, moved out to the West Coast from the East Coast, you know, leaving behind everything we knew. Friends and relatives and you name it and Baklava. Baklava <laughs> <laughs> and and my you know, my dad. Um Poplava. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard at the time, but looking back being a bi coastal kid my entire life flying back and forth, I think opened up my mind a lot. And then when I hear people in these little like podunk places saying, you know, those Californians or those New Yorkers. And having never been there, they don't know anyone from there. I feel like people in in these kind of close-minded red states just picture everyone in California as like a hippie. People with crystals coming out of their buttholes. The land
0: of fruit and nuts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's so (laughs) aggravating. So I wonder if I had stayed in the sort of more provincial area that I'm from, uh, if I would have had a, more of that closed-minded mentality and uh, I'm just yes. glad that <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> and and living in different, environments and cultures is pretty awesome. Big city versus, you know, small town. And by the way, I still value the small town values as well. Cause you can, yeah. s- you see through people's LA bullshit all the time. Yep. So I appreciate that. Then that was my mom's decision. I- I'm sure she wasn't thinking, you know, in 30 years, Damon's really going to appreciate this. I think she was just doing her own thing, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and also my parents just in general, and I guess this probably would lean more towards my dad, even though they both grew up religious they chose to not raise us kids as religious and some of my siblings chose to go back to that stuff well go back it doesn't make sense that they went back to something that never existed they they just sort of became <laughs> religious right. Right. Um, and it's fine i don't care it's just not for me and i and it just my mind was opened by never having any of that garbage poured into it And it was weird going to church. Like sometimes you'd visit your grandma and Sunday morning, you'd have to, you know, schlep along with her. You have to get it on. You have to go, go see Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And it would creep me out being in churches. And even as a little kid, it felt very culty to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm very appreciative that that stuff was never kind of like force fed into my brain.
2: Well, you could come up with your own opinion. Like, you know, maybe, maybe later suddenly you go, oh my God, this is a beautiful thing and, and find it on your own. But. It's it's a funny thing because, like, you're almost guaranteeing a stronger, better, open-hearted person by not demanding they do it because you may come around to it and love it, but it'd be for your reasons, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, then it's not for you. I shan't <laughs> be coming back
1: around to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't know yet.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have a double cheeseburger at mass this Sunday. You
2: might <laughs> Jiggly, Good looking out.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question, Aaron. No, but I, I love it. I love good it. it. Good answer. It
2: really defines, I mean, for everything that we just said, like it's like brotherhood and togetherness and me being so excited to be part of a group when I had such a fractured, strange childhood when I was alone. My points of interest all define like what is important to me. Damon's totally spoke to me about what I believe Damon to be as a person <laughs> and the same with George. So like if it's it's a very good I- window into where we're coming from uh, the choices that we made to talk about with no prompting. So uh, I appreciate your openness. So thanks bros.
1: Thank you. You know what I appreciate is that one of our heroes, his heroic act was to rub a picture on his balls. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes. That's perfect.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a Gitmo Bros kind of like situation there. By the way, I did that at the funeral. That was my speech right there of those two things.
2: (laughs) I wonder if anybody had money. Do you think George is going to bring up balls? Dollar, dollar, double, he does it.
1: So when you woke up today and you were pondering, I'm wondering who the Gitmo's heroes are. And then once you heard the replies, what, what was your feeling
2: at that point? I am no longer blind. I can see. Uh, I can see the responses are correct, and I have my answers.
3: I have my answer. I
0: have my answer.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot to name Michael Caine as one of my heroes. God damn it!
0: Oh, I love this. Is part of our show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this is an important thing. part of the show. <laughs> Joe is saying this
1: part. My- <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron, and all of your hero bullshit. I know what you've been trying to avoid this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about a few other heroes. There's a kid in second grade. Damon, no, you... no,
2: you're in this part too. <laughs> don't kick me down here.
1: <laughs> There's a guy at a car wash once who let me borrow a dollar. I built an empire on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get your ass down there.
3: Yeah. Torture chain. Okay. I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. I am going to torture
1: you anyway. Suffer. Angry, Pain. It's torture. So, last episode, which was 59, George was in the torture chamber. And we did Steven Seagal, which was Aaron's. And we did Gabe Kaplan, which was mine. Gabe was second, of course, which means I think mm-hmm. I
2: have to go first today. Does that line up? Yeah, I would like to make a point though that like even though Gabe was second, he comes in second to no man. <laughs> I'm not, I'm certainly not the... Bob
0: Conrad. I'm That's not just right. fucking batteries right <laughs> up your ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm going to take you guys back to a little year that we call 1987. Although the song was recorded in '85 and released Uh-oh. in '86, but it took took a couple, you know, maybe a, a year or so to kind of catch on. And uh, speaking of my, you know, my lack of, of religious training as a kid, this, it allowed me to kind of step back and look at things from a different perspective and say things like, Hey, Christians, when you're done praying the gay away, can you start praying away <laughs> the creepy tragedy porn magic Jesus music? <laughs> <laughs> little help over here? <laughs> they love okay, torture, right. dude. And that's just another way version of it. Yep. So, I'm just going to start this one. I do have lyrics for you guys, but I kind of want to get get it going first. So, here we go. 198567.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> here we go. In other news, police today arrested the parents of a child found battered and bleeding in the family's home. Neighbors took the little girl to a nearby hospital where she remains in critical condition, suffering from
1: That was a Little girl watching TV in the video, by the
0: way. My goodness. Did Nikki Six put that in? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of songs that start with news reports on this show.
2: Sounds like a Swedish like cop drama where everyone gets murdered or something. <laughs> right. It's what the in fuck, the dude. snow and
0: someone's yeah. got right, a murdered God, face. Right in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the show's called Murdered Face.
0: <laughs> murdered Face. <laughs> yeah, it
1: didn't quite translate. It's like those Scorpions lyrics you were talking about. That's
3: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: She was around. He'd be like, "Oh, it's enough." He just wouldn't like. What do I have to deal with you for? Oh,
1: Jesus. Lyrics on the way. Yeah. Yes, this song is called, in fact, "Dear Mister Jesus." <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go.
5: Something really scared me when I saw it
2: on the news. It's- this was a hit. Why is this age child watching the news? Like I'm having, I have trouble I was just with the. I conce- hey, here's some murder. Get
0: Cindy. <laughs> let's ever see. Like what the fuck? What
2: she still has a baby lisp. What's she fucking watching Cronkite for, dog? <laughs> Mommy, who's Nikki Sixx's girlfriend?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's Iran Contra?
5: <laughs> a story about a little girl beaten black and blue. Jesus
2: Christ! <laughs> like,
1: fuck. I want to make this crystal fucking clear that the subject matter isn't funny. No, but the, the notion but. of that. Some moron had the idea to a write this song and B put it out and see a lot of dummies bought it. That's that's well, that's what this show is about, right? We have to expose but, these people because they make bad life
2: decisions. In what context? Like the people who made those decisions, what were they hoping I would be doing when I listened to this? It's tragedy porn. I'm telling you, these fucking people eat it up. All right. Well, like, like, let's extrapolate from that a little bit more. So, like, that means that the person listening to it would have to be a little too into it. Mm. If you know what I'm talking about? So, like... It's fucking. It's just gross all the way around. Who who would want you it? He does things to protest too much, <laughs> right? Like wh- who? Like you're running around. Put it in the car. Like put it in the Carmen Ghia when you're heading down the highway. When do, you, when do you listen to this? I'm fascinated story-wise.
0: I'm not looking ahead. That so does she hold Jesus' feet to the fire here, so to speak? And like, what well, what kind of what kind of Jesus does this? Jesus, if that's even your name, but does she <laughs> like? Like, is it? Is she going to ask why? I mean, what else could you do yeah. here? Like, from a kid's point of view, <laughs> she has to not understand, and why would you do
2: this? <laughs> it's a wonder that Jesus isn't more defensive, because everyone's always doing that right. to him. Oh, uh, If you really, what kind of a Lord would rip the ceiling off a church? Come on. Yeah. I think, I'll listen. <laughs> I'll listen.
1: By the way, technically, it should be Dear Mr.
0: Christ, right? It's his last name. Yeah. Middle name H. H. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> Horatio. Horatio. Jesus Herbert Christ, everyone knows that.
1: (laughs) Jesus H Salt
0: Christ. His friends call him Herb. A lot of people don't know that. thing
2: about Hieronymus. Hieronymus.
0: What? And they and people call him Ronnie. That's what you know. Ronnie. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Ronnie Christ. What's up, Ronbo?
0: (laughs) Ron Christ. Ronbo's here. Look out, (laughs) Ronbot.
1: So this is a this is a band. I'll, I'll tell you real quick. A band, quote unquote. This is it's a
2: band. A
0: band well, with a lead singer who's four. What do you mean?
1: This girl's mom kind of put this song together under a band name, like a collective mm. of redneck studio artists or something. And the band is called Power Source. Which I wish someone had unplugged
0: while they were recording the song. (laughs) Sounds like a gym in
2: 1987. (laughs) Or a bar in uh, certain areas. In West Hollywood, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, power source is spelled with no space like new song. It's all one word, power source. And... uh, I don't want to say the girl's name because you can actually find her pretty easily online. She doesn't appear to be pursuing music anymore or or (laughs) Christian music or anything. She does have a business and a website. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't like the fact that someone, you you know, kind of like roped her into doing this at at the age of six. And then now she may be trying to separate herself from it. And so I don't know. You can go find her very easily. I'm not going to be the one to expose her
2: and <laughs> let her have her peace. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, she's also the girl in the video who's um, watching the TV show and and writing the letter to, to Jesus and everything. And and if you see her as an adult, <laughs> she looks exactly the same. You know those people who don't they just have right. have an adult version of their kid face, and yeah, so you yeah. can tell it's her. So it's the same, definitely the same person.
2: Or like Angela Lansbury had the the grandma version. As a young person. Right. Yeah. She was, right, she was right, doing yes. the other version of it. Yeah. And see her as an old person when she was young.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she. That's right. And I, I'm with Aaron. I just occur, occurred to me when you said that, uh, Damon, like, okay, so the little girl's watching this on TV. Doesn't someone come up in your comment earlier and go like, hey, what are you doing, honey? Let's watch Spider-Man or Scooby-Doo.
3: Bro, fucking
0: anything. Don't watch this. What?
1: Because there's demonic messages in Scooby-Doo, right?
0: Better than this? Jesus. (laughs) 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 Better than actual murder?
1: (laughs) So I'll tell you a little more about the context of this song when it was released and everything, but let's hear more from Power Source. Power Source.
5: Jesus, thought I'd take this right to you.
2: You know what? She's got better mic technique than uh, than some of the other people we've been doing. In Ahura, yeah, yeah, she's a lot more on and point. Jean. You know, a six year old did better than Ahura, RP. And let's be honest, probably
0: me. <laughs> All right. And
1: they're really milking the triacle, too. You
0: know? Jeez, fuck. Yeah, jeez, yeah. It's just, <laughs> wow.
5: <laughs> Dear Mr. Jesus, I don't understand why they took her mom
3: and dad away.
2: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and why and Here's another fucking thing. A kid shouldn't be forced to watch news stories like that. Or allowed to even, because there's no context and they you just get lost in it. And I believe just as deeply about this little girl shouldn't be wrapped up in this. Like, how many times does she have to sing that line? I'm gonna need you to hit Take Our Dad Away line again, <laughs> honey. Like burn it into her fucking mind. I saw a scary thing on the news. She's gotta sing it a million times. Can you imagine? Like, don't ask a <laughs> right. little child. We gotta to get do this that. line, give her more licorice. <laughs> <laughs> or those freak parents do to like give up like in, like the ome- the omen or something, like, hey yeah, I'm gonna have this little infant. It's gonna come out of a goat. Can we use your baby for that? And they're like, fuck yeah, baby. Can you taft or?")
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Becky, you're not mad at Jesus. You're just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, what a weird situation. Are the parents are the parents involved in the act in
1: power source? yeah the mom seemed to be orchestrating this whole thing, um,
2: fuck, and then her. got it got a songwriter in to write the song. It's power source, by the way. A C d c isn't that on the nose, and they wrote fucking big balls <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. we haven't even got to
1: the chorus yet, by the way. There's a chorus. yeah, there <laughs> sure is.
0: Please see more children singing it. <laughs>
2: Why did daddy get maimed? Did you hit maimed again? We're going to double track maimed. <laughs> I know
5: that they don't mean to hit with wild and angry hands. Tell them just how big <laughs> they are.
2: Oh my God! Wow, she she went kind of breathy on "I Pray." Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know that that didn't happen the first time, Georgie. Suddenly, she's Marilyn sp- Monroe. I mean, yeah. They made her hit that like fucking twelve hundred times. The, <laughs> or, who am I thinking of? Like the um, pageant mother, John oh, Bernay uh, Ramsey. John Bernay Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man,
1: yeah. I think that was that was like kind of a Sinatra inspired performance right there. You know, she has to sing to the back <laughs> the back of the crowd. So, sure, sure. all right. Here we go into the chorus. Now that with the wild and angry hands, yeah, that's how kids talk, you know.
2: <laughs> right, right. How do they fucking
1: know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so here we go. Here's this is where we start requesting things from Jesus.
3: Please don't
2: let them hurt your children. We need okay, hold on, hold on, She's saying, Jesus, don't let them hurt your children. Please don't. What's he supposed to do about it? <laughs> truly. Ooh. Like, truly, what's he supposed to do she's about it? He's going to hurl his
0: feet to the fire here. I knew it. It's all <laughs> you can do. There's nowhere to go with the story other than there. It's like I'm a little busy right now. Gale. The logic is just stupefying because why did he have them
1: hit the kid in the first place? Right. If he, right. If he has control over shit like that. Exactly. Exactly. Shelter from the storm is the name of the album this comes from, and I believe it's also just lifted straight from a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Whoops. Mm. Yep. Yoink. <laughs> <laughs> Yoink. Got your sword. <laughs> Got
0: your sword. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So did they
0: quadruple track Cindy or did they get other kids her brothers and sisters joining in on like with the fucking giant shirts and whatever <laughs> it's a good question I th- it
1: sounds like a, a combination of like women singing trying to sound like little kids and then also other little kids
2: I hope not I hope it was just her frankly at this point because you know they're ruining one person's afternoon and hopefully not her psyche but like wh- hopefully they bring more kids in and say no no I want you to sing about the rape part again yeah <laughs> No little children were hurt in the
0: recording of this album. I don't think that's true. (laughs) I know. Long-term
1: damage, I think.
2: Yeah, there's no indication that that's accurate. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Speaking of other people being involved now, I don't know if we can... We've still got two minutes and 20 seconds left of this. Oh, goodness. There's a guy who comes in at the end. He's kind of like the uh, real men of genius kind of singers. Right. And he starts like singing along with the chorus. It's completely out of the blue. I was like, "Why is why is this guy suddenly?" <laughs> is singing?
2: he lusty like Bob Carlisle?
0: <laughs> is it the male version of Loretta? <laughs> His time to shine.
3: There's got to be.
0: I
1: think it's Jesus finally replying to her. <laughs>
2: oh, is that what he is?
1: No, Supposed I don't know the Lord. But I bet he has lush locks like Jesus does, though. Yeah, sure. You know Swimmer's it. body, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yoked as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Grease down.
0: <laughs> Talk slower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
5: Mr. Jesus this day that she may die?
1: So now the girl in the news story is going to die. Great.
2: This is a basket that this other little girl needs to carry. <laughs> right, at this age. Yeah. <laughs> they're still not showing her fucking Bambi because it's too gnarly, but they're fucking putting her through this <laughs> <horse> Right. <shit. laughs> Ugh. So the
1: reason the song caught on, it was originally released as a contemporary Christian song in 1986 on that album Shelter from the Storm. And then for some reason, some moron in Tampa, oh, this shit always starts in Florida, it seems like. <laughs>
2: Isn't that the, yeah. the name of the publishing morons in Tampa, Tampa moron <laughs> at Tampa moron. Yeah. So this Tampa DJ started
1: playing this. <laughs> and of course, all the, the, the tragedy porn fans all started, you know, lighting the switchboards up. And then, you know, once that starts happening, they, the song starts getting distributed to everywhere to the point where I was watching a news report about it. Um, Because it was starting to catch on, uh, and there's a little more context here, but uh, remember the guy who was the program director for KLSX, Jack Silver? Yeah. So 1987, Jack Silver is being interviewed about the song, and he makes some quote like, if you take all of our requests, they go in this order. Number three, Madonna. Number two, Whitney Houston. Number one, Power Source.
0: Mr. Jesus. <laughs> what?
1: So I guess everywhere in the country, people were responding to this song. Now there's a, another layer to it. The, the songwriter was named uh, Richard. Where is it? Richard Clender Seems like a nice enough guy. He, he was being interviewed on, on a bunch of different shows, uh, doing promotion for the song. And he was getting letters from people who really were abused as kids and stuff. So, I mean, I guess if it helped some people, that's fine. Um, it's, It's just a weird kind of way to go about doing it. It's almost like reliving the trauma, you know?
2: I'm surprised to hear it's from the 80s, frankly. Like, it sounds like a 90s thing to me in style, substance. Yeah, like a Bob Carlyle kind of thing, right? it sounds exactly like that to me, so I'm surprised to hear it was the 80s. Power Source open for Creed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So around that time, you guys might recognize these names. In November of 1987... And this is why people suspect this song became a hit. Two sadistic, child-abusing creeps named Joel Steinberg and Hedda Nussbaum, this girl they illegally adopted named Lisa Steinberg, um, she died from abuse. Fuck. I don't want to get into the details. It's pretty fucking horrifying. But suffice it to say, I remember those names from back then, just being in the news. So mm-hmm. that happened in November of 87. This song got started getting played in December of 87 and also got attached to Christmas, by the way. Um, I don't know who would sit there and, and you know, think of like candy canes and, and sugar plum fairies when this fucking song comes on.
2: Jesus it's his birthday. It seems kinda <laughs> right. rotten to capitalize on that yeah. real life of, awful kind of. moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I like it's pretty lousy. Like yeah. Didn't anybody raise their hand to protect the sanctity of that? poor child's death you know so much money was coming in though it's just you know (laughs) totally dude and like you know jesus my balls dude you guys are fucking out for it man yeah fuck off this yeah this whole thing is just gross i yeah i don't know how much longer i can
1: take this song i I just want to hear the can we
2: just hear the dude can you give a note to self and go We're advancing to the dude yeah
1: (laughs) i'll figure it out later i mean okay note to editing self uh let me let me find this i'll (laughs) Okay, so I think this is the last chorus uh, and then they repeat it, so maybe Mr. uh Jesus hair comes in after this. So Rosenthal. I'm at three forty seven right now. Here we go. Cause this is a this is a big fat like four and a half minute song or something.
2: So the fucking fill was like in a Mutt Lang song. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> Phil Collins, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: wow where did he come from
2: and why did he come from
0: (laughs) he's not building he's going
2: right for it (laughs) he is soaring with eagles immediately he's saying her line right the exact same way Yeah. yeah so he's like the idea is that she's alone and now suddenly from from the earth comes another voice she's no longer alone Lusty McGivens is going to come in. No, no, don't. Sure, I just
0: pictured like little girls at the microphone. And that guy just comes and just shoves her out of the way on the ground. <laughs> just like out of my waist and.
3: It's Gary's
0: time. Let me show you how it's Get the fuck out of my way.
1: I also picture like some school, some elementary school when the song was a hit decides that they're going to do it for their Christmas pageant, like with one of the little girls lip syncing and stuff. Of course. And then all the little kids who are singing the chorus, they kind of part and a guy dressed as Jesus walks in and takes that last part.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. (laughs) But I wanted it
2: to have happened. (sighs)
0: Yeah. That would have been beautiful. And it's the janitor, but he's just in Jesus. So. Right? Yeah.
2: They were sold out because it's so close to Christmas. Of like sheets, and they can't do it. So he's wearing like like a camo bedspread from his from his yeah. own house that he's just using. He's like, Can you just turn it inside out or something? He heard sandals. He's wearing flip flops. <laughs> Those harachis, dog. <laughs> He's wearing
0: one of those shirts, like Mike Love, instead of you know, like a taftan or
2: whatever. like a weird, like seventies iron-on shirt. This is like, do it in the dirt. (laughs) The guy BMXing. Do it in
1: the dirt. He forgot to. Then he shaved that morning, so he just put on some of that like Twilight Zone hobo beard
0: charcoal on his face. Kind Billy Ballcap has, yeah, right, right, exactly.
2: <laughs> See, we brought it in together. The other Jesus guy, they have shitty beards together. We call it.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's hear the end of Lusty Rusty, and then we'll move on.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: There's really no point to him arriving. Where did he at go? All? He only did yeah, the like, one line. What happened? He's still was there it? singing with them,
1: but you know, but it's more just unison
2: kind of... now. Like so, like yeah. what, what was the point? I don't know. Is he cleaning up the spot? He was giving them a break on studio time. You got to let <laughs> well, me do yeah, that. Exactly. What? Here, someone's
0: father wanted his line or something. Or... <laughs>
2: <laughs> like the guy on on the on Freaky yeah. styley the Chili Peppers record they're making with George Clinton, on Yurtle the Turtle, the song on that record, the guy who yeah. says, "Look at that turtle go, bro." That was. They didn't have money to pay the drug dealer, so George Clinton worked out a deal to get that guy in to say that line <laughs> as payment <laughs> for money they didn't have at the time. <laughs> of course they did. That's what's going on with this guy, I think. They didn't have money for Bibles or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Power Source. That and sucks. And
1: Dear Mr. Jesus, which, you know, crossed over and became, I don't know, it made it to like 57 or something on the Billboard charts, so
2: there you go. Really? Thanks,
1: 1987.
2: I think Jesus is also the last person to say, hey, you want to make that Mr. Jesus? Put a little respect in that voice. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Jesus to
0: you, little girl.
2: No one's going to be more laid back than Jesus. If he were to show up, he'd, he'd be the most be. laid back person. He's not going to say, make it Mr. Jesus, would you? On this album,
1: uh, Shelter from the Storm, she, she had a bunch of other songs that I, I found some of them. One was called Christ Control. <laughs>
2: like Cruise Control? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, No. <laughs> Hey, listen, on these songs, do they credit Jesus as a songwriter? Or do they take all the glory for themselves? Glory before God? Did the royalties go to, like, Christian charities? I think not. I think mom pocketed it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Went to fucking Gail Swarthow.
0: (laughs) Gail (laughs) Swarthout. Jim Swarthout. That's
3: good.
0: All right, well, there you go.
1: A-Dog gets tortured by... Some Christian music, and now I think it's George's turn.
0: It is, and, um, you know, just the uh, the getmos again, all on the same page here. It's just fucking creepy, where this uh, <laughs> story I'm about to tell you um sounds more like something from a true crime podcast than a song about this music. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm uh, interested to know if you guys have ever heard of The Shags. The Shags. Was it Christian Singing Family or something? Nope. So, uh... <laughs> In 1965, a group was formed called the Shags that was uh, Dorothy and Helen and Betty Wiggin. And they were formed, it was in New Hampshire, Fremont, New Hampshire, and they were formed because their father, Austin, who was just, you know, worked in a mill there, had grown up with a mother who um, had, uh, you know, red palms and told fortunes and was a gypsy. And his mother had told him, years before that he would marry a strawberry blonde woman and that he would have two sons after his mother died and that her that his daughters would be a popular singing group so because of that he decided to pull his daughters those three daughters out of school and put them on a rigorous music training program that and he did not he did have no interest in music he didn't know anything about music they did not want to play and um and took them out of school and had them do, you know, like they had a whole schedule of calisthenics and and then learning their instruments and playing. And they had no interest in doing any of this and were forced <laughs> to do it. But there seems to be no exact, you know, where you think this is going of real bad abuse other than the one I'm talking about. Just and like Jackson esque
2: so, Yes. Where it, they had to do things as young children they weren't. Yes, being a but child. this is
0: certainly not Jackson esque music. So right. in 1969, he t- thought they were ready then and took them in the studio, took them in to his expert opinion, his expert opinion, his expert <laughs> opinion. He took them to the studio and said, we're going to make an album. Um, and so they went there. The oh, oh I'm sorry. I missed the, the other terribly abusive part where he made them go down to the Fremont, you know, free, you know, music venue every every weekend and play shows live in front of people. And everyone laughed at them and threw garbage at them and told them they were terrible. So they went and made this record. Um, only a hundred copies were dist- or were made and, and got around. And so um, this is one of the songs one of the singles that was, uh, I guess, singles and quotes that came off this this album. Which the album is called "Philosophy of the World," and this single is called
2: "My Pal Foot Foot." <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold mm-hmm. a second. What was the name of the record? Uh, philosophy of the World. Philosophy of the World. Is this a bunch of kids in a band? You
0: no, know, these are teenage. These are teenage girls. Teenagers being forced by their father to play. And by the way, there's two guitars and drums, and that's it. And and uh, you won't you won't believe it when you hear this. Uh, you won't believe it. Let's hear a little, and then I'll give you some more information on what happened afterwards. But um, this is, I guess, one of the more hit songs off the record. My pal Foot Foot. <laughs> which um, some people think. I had a rope as a kid. <laughs> some people think that Dot da- Dorothy, who wrote all the lyrics, it's, she said it's about a cat um, around the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, other people have assigned much more deeper meanings to this later. So let's hear my pal Footfoot by the Shags.
1: All right. <laughs> you know, I'm already a little concerned about this band, but I do agree with her no bass player policy.
0: Uh, Rachel played bass later on. Uh, oh. Their sister Rachel, but not on. They this needed track. that
1: dope low end on the on the more funky groove. Yeah, I, <laughs> we
0: you guys don't know what you're in for here. Just go ahead. <laughs> when they got the bass player, that's when they sold out. Yeah, and this this isn't a joke. This is they were serious about this, and I will tell you how serious uh, after we hear a little. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm.
2: Is this the shags right now? Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's almost
1: Karen Carpenter-esque.
2: <laughs> it sounds like a freak out. Yeah, it's just like, like like Frank Zappa style. Right. So, well, yeah, you, you're, you're you're tipping the rest of the story.
0: <laughs>
1: oh
2: no! Oh no! Let it play some more. <laughs> okay. It's like Footfoot, foot, the cat is playing the drums. Ugh. Plenty of reverb. <laughs> oh, boy. Keep going.
3: All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the only part. And only style of music that wasn't in MacArthur Park is a, is a freak out. <laughs> oh,
1: my Christ. That was the soundtrack to when uh, Richard Harris and, uh, and uh, Michael Caine and Richard
0: yeah, Burton. They're driving Jaguars and, 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 yeah. and having karate robes on, the, on right. the lawn. When you're like
1: throwing wine <laughs> bottles out and running into trees. That's, that's, the <laughs> so, that's the sound that's going on in the background. Yeah, it
2: sounds like the drummer's doing Foley for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Come on. I think she's about to sing.
5: Home. I go his house, knock at his door, this sounds like
2: what the what the music would be like if you went in to go see Anton Levay in, in San Francisco. You're saying I'm toying with the idea of getting into Satan. <laughs> toying
0: with it, you know, Biazzabub seems like a good guy, you yeah. know. And like
2: when you open the door, cling. Like this is the music that's on in his office while he's sitting there <laughs> writing some writing some meeting minutes out from the last get together there.
1: <laughs> Maybe George is going to cover all this, but you. Is it possible to actually think they were making good
0: music, including the dad? I mean, they've heard real music before, right? Yeah, no, they, they think this – when they went in the studio, the engineer went like, hey, uh, this is terrible. What, what, are you, what are you doing? And he threw the engineer out and said, no, this is – they're perfect and they sound great. They've been, they've been rehearsing for three years. And I think they're ready. Never took a lesson. And you can shut your mouth and get out, engineer. And the engineer said they were all (laughs) laughing in the hallway at this. And then he tried to bring studio musicians in to kind of play with them. And they couldn't even find their place in any of this. And they just quit. There's nothing. There's nowhere to start. Yeah, they're like, I don't know what to do here. And so he threw them out. (laughs) Because this seems like just wildly... It seems like three teenage girls who were just given, like, everyone does this when they're a little kid and you yeah. find a guitar drums, start just banging on them. Right. And that's, that's what exactly that's what this is.
1: It's like when little kids make you sit down for their, quote, show, and right. then they just do this. <laughs> and you have to yes. sit there with a smile pasted on your face. <laughs> All right. Come
3: out and say, don't live here no more.
2: like they might be off the click (laughs) a little off the click
1: (laughs) maybe if they brought in ray cooper to kind of like you know align everything smooth it out just yeah yeah.
2: Uh, he's a rhythmic billy preston he just comes in he brings people together yeah (laughs) you can't be you can't be angry when he's around so ray
1: (laughs) my pal head head
2: Chrome chrome chrome. Chrome chrome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, Georgie, we need some context. Yeah. Like like how like when, when I said something about a freak out zappa, you said that there was some connective tissue there. Yes.
0: So I'll tell you what the rest you of the story
2: that? now. Okay. So
0: um, throughout the seventies and then in 1980, so this, this record gets passed around to, this is why I'm decided to do this because it became a quote, serious thing. When this, these copies of these records get passed around to avant garde musicians and art people and intellectuals who deem this to be great. To like right. this is pure music. They never heard music before. This is what music is. This is very pure. And 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 then in 1980, which I think we know that Zappa was probably joking, but he went on Doctor Demento, mm-hmm. and they said, "What's your favorite record?" And he said, "This." He said, "The Shags' Philosophy of the World." And he said, "He quote they're they're quote better than the Beatles." <laughs> He's stirring it up, and yeah. he was—he stirred it up, and everyone took that seriously because you know mm-hmm. some of his music, like you said, is you know a cousin to this, right, you know, right. weird freak out music. Um, and then in, and so in 1975, then their father dies at 47 of a heart attack. Austin is their father's name, and um, the girls uh, just quit, just sell everything and quit because they never wanted doing this anyway, and go on with their lives, which is kind of sad because they get blue collar jobs and no one really says this, but it feels like they weren't prepared for the world because he stopped everything of their education. And, you know, they were already poor people and then they had to get jobs as janitors and stuff. And, you know, they went on with their lives after this. But then, um, after Zappa said that they became more popular, people became interested. And then in the nineties, same thing where Kurt Cobain, when asked, said this was one of his favorite records. Mm. And everyone came a call in, a guy, Terry Adams, in, in a band called NRBQ, which I've heard yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, In 1980, he put Philosophy of the World out again on his own record label. And I mean, then everyone starts reviewing him. There's reviews from Lester Bangs and everybody from Village Voice and Rolling Stone. And some said, this is the worst album ever recorded. Hence how I found it for us. And then, uh, and then others said, no, this is genius. You don't get it. And, yeah, you know, this I is, don't. You know, th- yeah, exactly. Guilty as charged. I should accomplish. Yeah. yeah. And th- in that, in the nineties, it was viewed as, um, you know, there's a whole movement of outsider music, Yeah. you know, of self-taught musicians. And I guess we're kind of getting into kind of a, I mean, although it's not the same, like the white stripes and, and then I like to go outside
2: when you put it on.
0: And then, <laughs> and then there's something called twee pop, I believe, is another thing. Yeah, that they started, and that's like got pay extra
2: for that, George. Shonen Knife and
0: <laughs> all that kind of, you know. Anyway, so they so they went on, and there's been, uh, you know, Tom Cruise bought the rights to this to maybe do a
2: movie about
0: it. And right. it's a compelling, day,
2: strange story uh, for sure.
0: Yeah. And to this day, they, they, the women are now, you know, in their, their whatever, older than we are. There's a whole underground movement and they have festivals and they play the songs. And a guy named, if you go on YouTube, a guy named Andrew something, what's this guy's name? Andrew, Andrew Thoreen. He does covers of this with like real musicians where they try to sort out what we just heard and then play it and be, be right. faithful to it. And it's art rock.
2: It's like those buttholes when they tried to do like fucking smile for Brian Wilson and it's all chaotic and a guy running around with a fucking fireman's helmet on trying to tell me that this is good to listen to. Please. Yeah. And so, yeah, this became a
0: huge thing where it's some people think it's the best thing in the world because it's pure. Like Lester Bang said, yeah, of course, it's perfect. They can't play a lick. And that's what rock and roll is about. Like, shit like that was part of the reviews.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a difference between that and then, like, the Abandon that you can play, like, you know, the Trogs or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference Or even Pretty Vacant, you know. or Yeah, right. Right, where you're just, like, (laughs) where the simplicity, like, you're not doing riffs and shreds, but jamming chords out. But, like, this is just chaotic, like, people just testing. It's just like a series of animals running around, bumping into the instruments so like i don't know i mean every i don't want to shit on their art but like it wasn't no, they didn't know they were making art that and that's the whole
0: point from this they were like that, in captivity they were exactly they yeah. didn't they never heard music they weren't interested in music the father wasn't interested in music right. he was purely going off that his mother had read his palm and told him this and he'd even have seances with the girls and try to reach their mother if through a seance or to reach his mother their oh, grandmother to try what we to
2: rot when you try when you miss around with the dark arts huh you're right <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> And how on point this is with the rest of our discussion. Yeah, um, just yeah. <laughs> Plus, right. I've got I got a ticking clock thanks to one of those gals myself. Ex- thank right. <laughs> which I'm concerned you. about. Yeah. Legitimately That's concerned right. <laughs> about. <laughs> 2036. <laughs> you know? I
0: thought it was 38. I thought we had 2038. No, it's
2: 36. You you believe it's 38, and it isn't. Okay, I'm right. the one who talked to the gypsy. You, you were at the gypsy. Okay, yes. all right. <laughs> what, what bothered me about this the most was
0: that you know, there wasn't I mean, there was a little bit of, you know, claims of perhaps sexual abuse, but never really was confirmed. And and the 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 daughter's uh the drummer died. I think that's Helen. She died, but the other two that are alive, Dot and Bobby, they um they still do shows and stuff and you know, people love them and they say stuff like, Well, I just hope we get the royalties and they really have made nothing off of this, even though it's become something that we're talking about and that Everyone reviewed. What about the, the Thomas it, Jackson Cruz money? You're right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it may, and it, and it bothers me that it was their father first abused them doing this. Right. And then all these other chuches decided this was genius. And now we're abusing them all over again by telling <laughs> them, no, this is genius. This is great. When the girls had no interest in music or playing instruments at all, neither to their father.
2: Now you're right about that, George, right. because like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it, I, if they were making a, a beautiful dollar, and people were later on laughing, like, talking out of the side of their neck about it. like Yeah, right. Like, yeah. like in a hipster kind of douchey way. I know, yep. but it's so bad that it's good. Like, that's no answer. It's every kid, if you put a microphone, like, every
0: kid had a tape recorder and did this. Yep. And found their brother's guitar or whatever and started banging on it and, you know, banging on a toy drum set. And,
3: <laughs> and yeah. did this. Every kid did this. Yeah,
1: don't pull my leg with this so bad it's good shit. And it applies to movies Mm-hmm. It applies to artwork. It applies to songs. Who has time to sit there and listen to shit like this and and celebrate? Like you're not, you guys aren't pulling a fast one on me by pretending that Lester Bangs pretending he likes this music. I mean, I get that there's a market for this. Like some people really do like outsider music, but it's it's also there's like a weird element of
2: cruelty to it. Agree. Yeah, yeah, for real. Absolutely, because like there's it's like a um a weird sort of gallows humor. At least I'm not this fucking poor sap, you know attitude which is like not funny and or fun or anything it, it it's it's alarming truly you're right george like the abuse just never stopped <laughs> it just continues no when you see survivors. videos
0: of them now and like there's like these real musicians like i guess i'm gonna say guys like us up on stage with them and these two old ladies are now sitting there and they have like a music chart with them trying to like follow along and they're trying, and the, these guys are playing it now, you know, trying to stay faithful to the weird drumming out of time, untuned guitars, but kind of keeping it now, keeping it more in a pop format. And, and, the, and, the, and the ladies are sitting there just kind of confused of what's, how this has all happened to them. And
1: right. it's weird that you would, why the two women who are the band have to follow along with the other guys. Like those guys should be following the women. Because well, they
0: didn't know what they were doing. They don't know. <laughs> right. But
2: that's your problem as the drummer. You've got to just fucking follow <laughs> exactly, them. I mean, that's. Exactly right. <laughs> is it outside or fucking not outside, dog? Yeah. Don't try to I, voice your view of fucking four on the floor. Yeah. Worst record of all time or accidental genius. Who knows? That's
1: what. <laughs> it's not accidental genius. It's just sort of sad to me. That's what I. Yeah. That's what yeah. I,
0: uh, I think. There's a. Um. She said something like that their father would. Because don't forget, he took them out of school. And woke them up every day. They do quote calisthenics and then practice music all day. And says they had lessons. And that that's the part that's quizzical to me is that we all start out knowing nothing and then go take a lesson and someone teaches you single stroke rolls or a G chord or whatever and you learn something,
2: you know, where you learn. <laughs> yeah, all this music. time they spent on lessons. Like I think
0: their father was giving them lessons, and so he he took them out of school to I mean, kind of ruin their lives in a way because he believed this so heavily. And they say, like, the quote from her is she said, anyway, the sisters had no interest in becoming musicians and did not enjoy the rehearsals. Dot said later, our father was stubborn and he could be temperamental.
2: He directed, we obeyed or did our best. Such an egomaniac kind of thing that, like, you hear from some fortune teller that, here's what's going to happen in your life. Not, here's some details about the children you have. It's just, yeah. how does it affect you? So you got to help him go be this band. It's like, he thinks he's fucking Noah. If their father <laughs> was a musician or experimental
0: musician or somebody, right. a, I'm going to say a geniusy weirdo jazz guy, this could have turned out great. You know, or something. He, yeah, yeah. or something, but it, they had no, they have no natural talent at this. He had no natural talent or interest in music at all. And so, and and then people read that and then hipster douchebags read that is pure. Well, that's what's pure about it. No, it's what's sad about it. Like they said, (laughs) and it's just, it just, it was so crazy to me that this, and I wondered, I wondered like, you guys are punk rock. Maybe you've heard of this, but not even you have heard of it. No, no,
2: (laughs) no. Like it just, we just never trafficked and like, you can't have that argument with us, like get this. It's so shitty. Like it's an example. You show like there's something happening with William Shatner. There's something happening in that because he's in on the joke, but then also he's doing a thing and there's professionals involved. Right. And it's, he's being overly dramatic, but beyond that, it's not, there's nothing. I mean, it's a, it's a matter of taste at that point. There's not a big
1: chasm between, uh, William Shatner doing Lucy in the sky with diamonds and, and fucking MacArthur park. No, right. not at all. Like, at all. So what Shatner was doing wasn't that far removed from some of the other kind of, like, spoken word stuff. That, I mean, fucking Lundberg,
2: you know? Totally.
0: <laughs> You're right. Victor Lundberg.
2: Yeah. yeah. The Shags really make it look like Lundberg is fucking Michael Jackson putting it on wax. <laughs>
0: By the way, this is how douchebaggy people are. Like, now, like, as of maybe 2016, this, this record got reissued, the original, and- the, sorry, reissues of the original, but the original 100 that got distributed, those now go for upwards of 10 grand.
2: Give it matter. to the kids, fuck faces. <laughs> yeah, what's the matter with you?
1: <laughs> now I'm going to throw out, uh, George. I know you're going to say that, but what I read is this, and what I researched was that. Fine, yeah. I'm throwing out an alternative theory here. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. having done no research, just hearing the story, there's a disconnect for me. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? I'm not saying the dad wasn't a monster, and da da da, but. At one point, when he died in like seventy five, so it was only like five years or something after they were kind of forced to do all this shit. Shouldn't it just be like, let's just walk away from this forever because we hate it? But suddenly they're they're doing it again in as as older people. Like maybe that. So I guess my point is this: maybe they thought they were good back in the day when they were recording this stuff.
0: No, they they walked away from it. They're like, we have not. We don't like this. We didn't want to do it. As soon as he died. Right, you're telling me the the stuff that you studied. I'm saying. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is your alternative theory. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what if they actually were enjoying it after a while, and then th- really thought they were making something interesting or cool or whatever, um, danceable maybe even. And, uh, <laughs> and then once it came out, everyone was making fun of them. That's when they their story kind of flipped into. Well, it was it's all our dad's fault. You know, I'm not right. saying he didn't prompt the entire thing. But what if they, they they just to sort of save face went, Oh no, that was our dad forcing us to do it. You know, <laughs> we really thought we were good. <laughs> Maybe I, I mean, it's
0: just weird that they, they kept doing it later on in life. You know. Um. By the way, as a we, we should hear hear a little more. than I have a last story for you. I have okay. a theory
2: that the lessons he was had them doing were like typing lessons, and so like and it just didn't translate into the studio life that he then yeah. put them into. He was just missing a spot. It would have been hell at dictation. There's a whole
0: album of this. This is the only one song. Philosophy of the World has like ten songs on it.
2: Yeah, according to you according to me
0: according to me I, I listened to them all and uh, they're all kind of the same and I
2: <laughs> you did you spent time with the other songs you are a hero George I
0: Shit. wanted to pick I want to pick the worst one but then my pal Foot Foot was the funniest title so <laughs> and by the way there's you know like there's songs like what do parents do and there's there's other songs where hipsters have assigned you know know what this really means and if you listen to the whole album it has a whole it has a whole narrative to it you have to re-listen to it and after a while you start getting it, which I think is more like you being brainwashed.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> right. Don't tickle my ass with a feather, you fucking liar. <laughs> Call me
2: foot foot. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to hear a little more, yeah, sure. you can.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: So Damon, I'm gonna be boom boom Washington when I check in. Do you want to be Footfoot foot Washington? <laughs> my brother? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh boy. I look
4: there, I look everywhere. Oh,
0: At one point, they sing together. Yeah. You know, that's part of the style, they say, is the two sisters singing together.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards my theory that they actually enjoyed <laughs> doing this. And then when they realized how <laughs> awful it was, they sort of flipped the script. She's, I don't singing,
2: know. she's singing along with the, the quote unquote melody that she's playing. It's <laughs> she, So she's doing sort of Peter Frampton, early Pete Frampton on the talk. <laughs> do you feel like I do? Right, right. <laughs> Squawk box
5: I <laughs>
2: Do you think that there's, that Billy from Purple Rain would be nodding <laughs> <laughs> Detroit Tigers hat Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my boy Foot Foot.
0: My pal. <laughs> my pal Foot Foot. I have the lyrics if you guys want me to recite them. I'm sure some, you do. Really I'm sure that you do. Yeah. Right.
2: yeah, I'm sure that you have them. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear them
0: pretty good. Um, <laughs> the uh, last thing I'll tell you is that, so, after their father died, um, they sold all the equipment and then later sold the house. And a family moved into the house and um, claimed that it was it was um, haunted by their father, Austin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then just
0: and then just gave it to the city and they burned it down and put it out as like a th- exercise for the fire department.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, something good did come out of
1: this
0: story.
2: The only good thing did yeah. come from it is that the firemen gotta fucking uh, gotta do their test there.
0: <laughs> I and I oh like we're God. all on the same page here. If I forget how Aaron put it, um, you know, my 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 shattered lonely childhood, or what did you say, Aaron, or something <laughs> like that
2: oh, Poor people, <laughs> inconsistent, or something you say Yeah, golly, uh, what a nightmare! <laughs> Is that it? Is that are we are we done with that? Or sure, that's my pal Footfoot by the Shags. I encourage you to explore the rest of the album, My Pal Philosophies Foot of Ford. the World. <laughs> Very heady erudite kind of title for what they made. You know, it sounds like it's yeah. going to be something different than that. But, and they did this without a bunch of drugs, it sounds like. So, like, it's, it no. sounds like drug music without any of that, with just abuse or, like, you know, being raised like veal. George, sure.
0: you want to play any more of My Pal Foot Foot, or are we done No, I, I will say one more thing about my, about a college experience I had that I don't know if you guys heard <laughs> this, but I took a class called Musical Cultures of the World, but you did your Japanese course. Exactly, exactly. And I learned that other things that sound, you know, the scales are different other places. But you can at least find your place in them once you learned what they were doing. Right. So so I I, I even looked at it that way and thought, well, maybe this is, and it's not. It's not that, yeah. it's just crap.
2: Right. <laughs> I feel like even if you went around an instrument with accidental notes, with no purpose at all, you would arrive at a better, more mellifluous in any culture, experience than like they did. You know, exactly. They've tried yes. to do something different. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There well, you go,
0: Aaron. Enjoy. I Hope you enjoy both those.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like it's funny how the way things work. Usually, the Lord's involved, uh, and then the uh, and then there's child abuse, and and everyone's on the same page in the Gitmos. But uh, <laughs> here to make it righteous is us, and we're gonna you know point it out and uh, say. Naughty Naughty to the people who <laughs> delivered the goods so awfully to us. I think
1: he just revealed his sorbet. Naughty Naughty,
2: loud and bond. Naughty Naughty! John Parr. Yeah. <laughs> Tease me! I will say that as bad as that little girl in Damon's song made me feel and how sad it is and all the ways it's sad and the people are just ripping her off, not paying Jesus... That mom's taking all that money. You know that's true. You know, I have to say that the other song that's not even a song, I mean, has to take it. I mean, (laughs) it sounds like they wasted more of their life than that young girl did because she got her shit together. You know, like I like to believe that anyways. I got to say the George's is worse. I, you know, I don't even know what to make of that fucking. It is sort of objectively. Yeah. Just like, I got to go song for song. <laughs> you know, jam yeah. to jam. <laughs> song in quotes, song for yeah. song. And again, I mean, I think that like, wouldn't it be amazing if they said, oh, shit, no. Well, they just admit to somebody. Yeah, no, it was like calligraphy lessons we were taking. And they're like, world class.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you said that they all simultaneously had to do. Uh, calisthenics while they were getting their music lessons. I picture them like pole vaulting and, and like... Hi-ya! Yeah, and they're, they're like super killer athletes, but their dad, because the gypsy told them they had to be musicians. Yeah. Yeah. They could have qualified for the Olympic team and everything, but...
2: Yeah, they were like the next Mary Lou Retton's, dude. Yeah. Or, or the precursor to fucking Nadia Comerich. <laughs> yeah, I got to give it to Georgie, boy. I got to give it to him. Yeah, we we've had this
1: discussion about you know, outsider music and stuff like we can't just, this podcast can't turn into that because it just gets <laughs> ridiculous. But George brought up a great point. It's the douchebags who started reviewing it, taking yeah, it seriously yeah. or, or trying to pull the wool over our eyes and pretending like they're taking it seriously. I fucking hate those guys, man. I, I, yeah. I hate when people do that. Cause this, this isn't fun. It's not funny. It's not fun. The sh- I'm talking about the shags, the song itself. It's just a sad representation of parental control freak, you know?
3: abuse.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 it's a fucking little Napoleon running around and making demands. He's like some manic bipolar dude who just ruined these kids' lives, you know. No, they it's weren't just allowed to date or do anything. They couldn't date. They couldn't have social lives. It was just the band. That was it. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, George takes it.
3: The winner takes it on. Lessons, 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 lessons. Child abuse, child abuse, <laughs> child abuse. <laughs> Sad reality. Sad reality. Jesus,
0: Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Dear Mister Christ. Mister Jesus. Mister Jesus.
2: <laughs> oh my God! Boy, okay, now, more than ever, us with us the sweet of, source. Please help us out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> get us all right. Well, this. let's
2: hear the bumper to take me into the sweet relief.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's let's get uh, Majel going here. Yeah. I hear she likes. I want to sex you up though.
2: <laughs> the computer's
1: malfunctioning. <laughs> <I can't continue. laughs> all right, let's see
3: Sorbet, Sorbet.
2: Mental douche uh, that's, my favorite that's exactly what <laughs> we needed Well, uh, there's no reason for us to stop the uh, hive mind that the Gitmos live in <laughs> uh, so, so all this talk of uh, Jesus and the Lord you know, this song is not a religious song, though the title implies it. And uh, I fucking love this song. So let's just hit it. I don't it's all I want to say about it. All right. It. Fucking throw it out. Do it.
0: Add. Hey, it's free jazz, everyone. Come on.
2: <laughs> love jazz.
1: <laughs> this was from the Shag's second jazz, album. Jazz, 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 jazz. <laughs> they really got it together. It was fun. <laughs> all right, here we go.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm so glad you played this one because early Simple Minds is way more compelling to me.
3: Oh,
2: it's yeah. So, it's it's a, such yeah. a fucking great song, dude. This is Promise You a Miracle yeah. by uh, by Simple Minds. And this song was uh, released in 82. And I want to talk about this in terms of like, A, this was so different from what they were doing prior to this. It really locked into a sound and this led to unbelievable things for them. And it's like, it's like everything was falling right in place. And it's like, they say you want to, you know, uh, opportunity meets, you know, planning and all that creates these moments. And boy, did that ever happen for them? Because like prior to this, they were doing kind of like strange, kind of less to the point music. And then this came out in 82 And it was on K-Rock, so it was in my brain as like in junior high. And it laid the groundwork for what was probably the most amazing year a band can fucking have. So like 82, it gets played through 83 and they start preparing in in 84 for what was this insane year. So like in February of 85, Breakfast Club comes Mm -hmm. out. And so Don't You Forget About Me, blam, they're ruling everything. Then in summer of that year, They do Live Aid, massive. Oh, right. Then in October of that year, Once Upon a Time comes out, which was their massive record. So it's like all these things were so beautifully stacked and supported by this song. Like they had a lot of of real, like, deep, deep fans who love them very much. And so they like some of that crazier stuff they were doing. But like this was the first song that sort of locked it together. And you can really tell, and I didn't know this until today. I was looking at, um, I was looking at the, who the, the producer was and the guy, the only time they ever worked with him was this guy, Peter Walsh. And I was like, it has a real sound to this. Like this sounds a lot like ABC to me. Oh, for sure. It sounds a lot oh, yeah. like yeah. Uh, like Human League. And it's the fucking guy who produced uh, Heaven 17's first record, the mm. Penthouse and Pavement. Right, yeah. Which is the guys from Human League. Right. And it sounds just like that. So like the, the bass stuff, like the whole groove stuff, there's an English style of, this that's what this is, what they made. Those bands I just named, they're very specifically English and very specific styles of funk, like Euro funk, in a way that was different from Duran. They didn't have like the punky side that Duran had. So there wasn't there was a different energy, it was more laid back and kind of an elegance, or the disco, um, really, either. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very strange. And so that's what this song's about to me. And like the guitar player Charlie Burchill is a motherfucker. So it's like sonic vibe central. He has cool parts always. And what later became a more sort of chimey guitar and their big sort of those pianos that are all over the next two records where it's very, very chimey. It's like an electric piano Mm. sound are out of this. This is still in that early eighties vibe. Yeah. But it's so groovy. And like, let's listen to some of it. Like the way they're operating inside of the groove and the way that uh, big Jim Kerr is handling the melody in it. He's very, very interesting style of singer. And I've always loved how he does the vibe. And they're great live, too. Uh, but this song was a big, big hit. And if you grew up in L.A., you couldn't escape it at all. And into, like, when I started high school in 85, this this song, along with all their other hits and every fucking thing else, like, next to Depeche Mode and everything else you would hear, Promise You a Miracle, always. And I was always happier to hear that than the songs off Once Upon a Time that were bigger but yeah. this was very compelling to me. This song, I loved it, loved it, loved it. It was always appearing on mixtapes. Chicks loved it. It is good chick music, <laughs> and so it's like fucking really. I just loved it, and it speaks to me in some of the same ways that that Susie song. Yep, speaks same time. to me about putting me into a Proustian kind of experience with <laughs> with a memory about smells and like and 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 being with particular people, and like a rainy South Pass Saturday. This is yeah. a very specific time in 1982. Like it takes you right
0: there. You're, you're exactly right. It's it's chicks and cloves, like we said. That's exactly yeah. what... yeah. shiny
2: guitar, just what exactly those. what it is. Yeah. And it's very just like elegant kind of funk that's happening. So let's listen to some yeah, more of that. And it's very specific. The
1: working title of the song was "Promise You a Volcano," and yeah, <laughs> <then> they switched <laughs> they up. a couple of years early.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, but thought, you just you know. just
1: filled in a blank for me because. Um, when you said 82, I went, what? Because I just associate the song with several years later. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it just had life. Yeah, yeah. It just kept rolling along. And then it probably got revived
2: just because they were having so many hits in 84, 85, right? Yeah. They're like, well, how about this fucking guy? Like, but I don't think that like Kiss FM and the other sort of top 40 stations would have played, no. They would have played like Alive and Kicking and stuff, but they wouldn't have gone back to Promise You a Miracle. It would be, no. that would be yeah. K Rock's job to do right. that. No. And I, I must admit, I'm a, you
0: know as much as I, like everyone else, love. Don't you forget about me in 1985? Yeah, but now it's so fucked out, I can't hear it anymore. Yeah. That that nobody that the music like this and somewhere somewhere some in summertime and yeah. up on a catwalk and those were such mm-hmm. better songs to me. Mm-hmm. In long term, then don't you forget about me. And everyone just knows them for don't you forget about me. And if you go to an 80s thing, like I, when I went to see Christine, of course, the band, not Christine, but plays don't you forget about me. And they don't play
2: up on these other ones,
0: but they play don't you forget
2: about me. Yeah, I mean, I would love it. I mean, would be so amazed if a band, if a, like a, if a, if an 80s band did fucking promise you a miracle. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great. Yeah. But no one ever does it.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's yeah. too hard. It is weird. Yeah. It's yeah. a do you weird do, Damon, song. Damon, do you do any of these? Do we do any Simple Minds? Yeah. No. Get on it, okay? Yeah,
2: no, right. what I know. <laughs> <laughs> Consider this.
1: Okay. Food for thought. Here we go.
3: Yeah.
2: I love that. Like, how going into the... It's such a weird way to get into the verse, but it's fucking so elegant. Like, I, I just keep coming back to that. Like, they're just making really... I don't know, like advanced sort of musical choices and are being really free inside a funky place that it's like way dance. Like the only chart it charted on in the States was a dance chart. It went to 65 Yeah. and you could feel that, but it's not a typical dance song in any fucking kind of way. That transition
1: right there is exactly why bands don't
2: cover it. You know, it's,
1: it, right. it works great as a production in a studio. And I bet you the band mm-hmm. nails it live too, but, uh, That'd be hard to pull off, I think, you know, to get
2: everybody on board with it, you know? Yeah. You need a real tight little band, not, not, not a bunch of like- Not the douchebags in my band. <laughs> and like 69 would have a trouble with this because there's just 900 people in the band, yeah. you know? Like it needs to be a small little thing dealing with the funk of it. I'm
1: hearing like the drum part and going, well, that's that's beyond me, you know? that's I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother offering this one up as a, as a suggestion for the guys to learn because they probably nail it fine. It would be- my incompetent ass that wasn't that wasn't able to
2: achieve it yeah, it's all those funny weird right moments where he just keeps coming back with a do-do-do-do-do yeah 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 <laughs> it's weird i love yeah. it man it puts me in a place Fuck it, it clove central yeah. god Dude, damn where, it
0: where, where it puts you um is um with damon's new wave haircut and some guy liner in an audi on the way to westwood
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and aaron and i in the car together he's gazing over at his hero
2: <laughs> Look at that fucking guy. Look at what you d-
0: him. <laughs> he is a miracle. I promised a miracle. <laughs> he is a miracle.
2: Promise and receive. Thank you.
0: All right.
3: Summer winds and the light. Only love she sees she controls us. All- Love, love, There's very little
2: difference between this moment and an ABC song. This sounds like... At all. This, yeah. like, this could be Look of Love. It yeah. could be anything on Lexicon of Love. Yep. Yeah. I agree. What were they doing before this? You said they were... Were they... It's it was sort of weirder music. It's not... I mean, not after what we were just listening to. Nothing's that strange. But a little bit more... To me, it was always more akin to like Roxy music and its yeah. sort of obtuseness. Yeah. And then it became... Then they started becoming like... They, this is the only song that they used this other session drummer on. I'll get his name in a second. But the weird thing about it was that that guy had a tape, like a mixtape that he had taped off the radio when he'd been in the States touring with someone. And they were just listening to this goofy American radio, you know, hours of American radio on this tape this dude had. And one of the songs was an R&B song that no one remembers the name of. But there was a horn arrangement that... They were getting a kick out of, and it's kinda of what Charlie kinda of cops that in his guitar part mm. and the hook. But yeah. So it's it was very just a horn, horn part. Way. I didn't think of that. You're right. Yeah, when you think about it in that way, you're like, oh dad, it sounds like fucking a big ass fucking brash section. Yeah.
1: It's a synth doing it so, too, right? Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. yeah.
3: Cool.
1: So yeah, that that little fucking thing they they do it effortlessly. We would just collapse. <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not easy. It's not yeah,
2: it's it's not. Yeah, that's a that's syncopated stuff. Yeah, you want about to be, sanctify
0: you, yourself. I forgot, not that they're all coming back to me now. Yeah,
2: yeah, dude. They had a lot yeah. of fucking fat hits, yeah. and like, uh, you know, the older ones were had a groove to them that are interest that maybe is more interesting. In the same way that like you could have that same talk about like how unforgettable fire may be more cool than later you too. You could have that argument, and I would listen to you. But like those other songs (laughs) of Simple Minds are pretty fucking great too. Yeah. So uh, big fucking hit. It's so Southern California, too.
0: You wonder if anyone else really got this, you know?
2: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but they were at their biggest. They were arenas across the country, across the states. But like I think they went quickly into amphitheaters unless they were in Chicago, Mm. Dallas, New York, or LA, I would think.
3: Yeah. How weird is
2: that little sound that's going I know. <laughs> <the same> <laughs> so, but if you take that away, that's a big part of the song. Yeah. And it's this weird little thing that's happening. And if we weren't listening to it, I and I went up to you and went,
0: wee. <laughs> 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 you
2: wouldn't go like, oh right, for promise miracle. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it so yeah. much. They considered this a pure pop song, which is funny because it's still kind of obtuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: The bass part going back in is
0: insane. I was going to say,
2: talk to us about the bass, here, And I mean, God, this guy, that fuck, it's yeah, funky, a- but it's prog or something. It's just. Yeah, dude, he's so, so crazy. And like, I don't know. Like, it really feels like the, like, the guy was paying attention to Tony Levin, I think, a lot. Mm, yeah. And he was, he was listening to him. But like, all those dudes in Simple Minds, like, spacing on the drummer's name. The drummer they had later on Once Upon a Time. Joey Loves Him. I forget his Mel name. Mel something? I think so. Yeah, I think that's and, right, Damon. Yeah. And the dude Joey loves him, and the dude from Big Country. Um, and there's like a flavor that those dudes has that is so yeah. awesome. And both Scottish, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And and f- fuck, man, the song is so groovy, and it makes me so I'm so happy every time I hear it. And I, it's one of those songs. It's like, it's like I remember hearing somebody talk about like. How come I never rem- like when they're having fish and chips? They never remember. <laughs> How come I don't have fish and chips more often? It's so fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel that way about this song. Yeah. Like, my goodness,
1: <laughs> I love it. Who knew we'd have two fish and chips references in the
2: same episode? <laughs> <laughs> we got abuse. We got our, our fish and chips chunk. We got the abuse chunk, <laughs> Jesus and camo chunk, got our bish chunk, <laughs> <laughs> the sweet bish chunk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a little more yep. of this. Yeah.
3: please. you
1: I will say I'm vaguely annoyed by the video only because when they show the guys playing, it's very compelling. And then they've got like just the typical '80s thing where they just have this storyline going with this girl who's a model or something, and she's just getting her picture taken and stuff. It's has nothing to do with this song, I don't think.
2: Yeah, it's weird that like it, it doesn't. It seems like that was like the director's choice, probably. For sure. Just like, there's got to be a chick in here. I yeah, guess. yeah.
1: It's just the the guys that are in front of the the kind of like colored screen. You know that uh, what is that called? Yeah.
2: Oh, the, the test pattern oh, thing? Test pattern, yeah. Test, yeah, test yeah. pattern,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're, sta- they're playing in front of a test pattern, and, uh, you know, they look really cool when they play. They're not and... homely.
2: I don't know why no. they had to add the girl. Like, I mean, it yeah. wasn't necessarily, I mean, Duran could have very easily never had girls in their videos and would have been fine. Right,
1: that's that's kind of my point. It's like, I don't know, I, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of myself as, at this age, but I wanted to see the band playing. You know, I was into right, the music. Right. I didn't care about these stupid storylines I had going on. <laughs>
2: Now, the cars, it's okay if you throw a cow in there.
1: Yeah, throw some Pauline in there. We're okay. (laughs) Come on, Ben was dreamy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, apart from Ben. Apart from Ben! All right.
2: Nobody really does it like Jim. Like, it's a weird thing he does. Like, it's kind of, there's a bit of, like, Iggy Pop talky thing happening. There's a a little Beso Profundo kind of Ryan Ferry thing happening. He's one
1: of the probably dozens of guys from this era who were influenced by Bowie.
2: Yeah. 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 You're yeah. right about that. We're, like, just moving around all over the place, like, all over the shop in one song.
1: Yeah.
0: By the way, we should do it. I think we should do a test. If anyone that says they are from the '80s or like '80s music, we should put this on. And if you aren't air keyboarding, you're out. You're <laughs> fucking out. You're, out, out. you're, you're a Start liar. doing that immediately, right. or you're out. <laughs> That's how they
1: they used to card people. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. for beer. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Why Why okay. show them your license when you could just whip out a, a cassette, a boombox?
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do some simple minds. okay Go. All right.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Say, hey Gary, I think you should do the part again. Not, surely not again. Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: fuck yeah, bro. That'd be funny if one of the shags accidentally played that riff one time. <laughs>
2: Those lessons paid off for in a moment. (laughs) See? (laughs) They went away,
1: sadly. The shags influenced simple minds.
0: They did. They did. You guys, you don't even understand. (laughs) All right, come on.
1: Yeah, that fill that's going on. I don't even know if that's... I'm assuming it's overdubbed. Yeah it sounds I so. like I have I and um yeah. that's such a key part of the song you were just saying that earlier about that that keyboard part right. that, yeah. that that fill in the middle of the line is just so you you feel obligated as a drummer to do it and it would be really hard to achieve that
0: Oh no you, you can't I don't think you can do that without you have to keep
1: the keep the beat going yeah trigger
2: or something yeah Right there's players like like Jojo could could handle fucking anything and he he loves the kind of like he's Rush fanatic, so like he's he's capable of handling nine million parts. But it's just it's it doesn't seem like it makes any sense in a intellectual way, but it but it totally makes sense inside the roof. It's one of the key riffs
1: of the song, if you ask me. Yeah.
2: Key riffs of my life. I
1: guess you could bring in Ray Cooper to play that part, but he's (laughs) I think I could do it on tambourine.
0: No, Ray. <laughs> Ruin it, Ray. I no. thought you were a percussionist. Jesus. Here, take these drumsticks. No, get them away from me. <laughs> hey, you no. don't leave, Ray. How about brushes? No. <laughs> will not touch sticks ever. <laughs> oh,
2: is he even English? I don't even know. Sure. Yeah, he is. He's always crying now, too, every time he talks about it. It's probably because all his chums are dying. All the people who had like gotten tricked into paying him all those years. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I'm not paying that fucking To do what? <laughs>
1: What are they doing now? Did I read that they like occasionally they the, get back together?
2: Not long ago, like I sent you. Oh. I think I sent you a, a live video of them. Like last year, it's them out in the middle of a like these ruins, rocking yeah. like live, like in a in a live setting. They're great. Got a new drummer. It's a gal. Um, she's nailing it. The part like it's still Charlie and different bass player, but it's still Charlie and and Big Jim. He sounds great. Wait, we just forgot the best thing about Jim ever. Yep, that's the other thing I was going to mention is that uh, you go the, ahead say that married to and had kids with uh, Chrissy Hunt. Yeah. What a
0: year for me. It. it had to be right around when everything was exploding. It feels like yeah, they got married in like 83 time. or four, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And Were they ever married or just together?
2: I think they were married. Mm-hmm. Then she married- Because Ray Davies Ray too, Davies, right? Yeah. She's a kid with Ray Davies. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he yeah.
1: before- Wasn't Ray Davies before- I
2: think that was flipped. I forget that. Ray and then Jim? Yeah. And then she know. was yeah. chasing- She chased Mike Hutchins for a while. Um, who didn't? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you who can blame her? She knows what's up. <laughs> I love that. It's a fucking part, not a riff, not a shred solo. It's just it's, it's just it's so awesome. God damn it, there's so much power in it.
1: Yeah, it's just enhancing the the
2: other riff, right? Yeah. She changes the uh, the vibe. But yeah. Like, oh, so fucking awesome.
1: I'd be curious to know how live these drums are because the groove sounds like live playing, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. then, like, didn't John Ferris play live on electronic drums a lot?
2: Yeah, yeah. And then later on, they used triggers too, but like, or or, uh, played with loops, but triggering everything.
1: But you can tell it's a human performance on yeah. electronic drums. And so I'm right. – I'm because this guy's groove sometimes in the song, sometimes it sounds really processed, then sometimes it sounds like fucking chic or something, you know?
2: Yeah, I think he's got riding two horses with one behind. Uh, yeah. And coming in, and, and then he's doing those overdubs, too. It's seamless, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound dumb at all. It doesn't – and you would think that that kind of attitude would be busy. But in the same way that, like, uh, Adam and the Ants were able to do – I mean, it's a different kind of – tribal style but like still a lot going on you'd think it would be messy and it could in the wrong hands
1: in this era especially bands like these guys abc probably even duran duran like i bet you if you listen to all the master tapes there's tons more shit going on through the whole right. song and what why these guys are smart is they knew what to take out right. and Just what to leave down. in what to emphasize and what to de-emphasize
2: mm-hmm. you know yeah, I mean, just because you could do all that doesn't mean you have to. And like, they probably the more they remove some of the oddness, so they could become a arena rock band. So that, so that you know, can make dough. Yeah, yeah. So that Kath, Kath can get it. You know. Yeah. I am alive and kicking.
0: Yeah. Kath <laughs> oh, oh, can dance this.
2: Aaron, for all this because he's right about the
0: drums. Do you know why they brought in? a guy just for the drummer just no, for this song. No, they didn't
2: say. It just says. Yeah. I mean, just the Wikipedia style. Like, I'm sure there was yeah. some, something written deeper about it, but uh, it doesn't, it just says, no, just this one dude. they had come back from the road in Australia and they, they got an amazing reception. They were opening for Ice House out there and mm-hmm. took the heat of that right into the studio. And for some reason, the drummer wasn't available, so they used the session guy. And the session guy was responsible for showing... Them that riff from the tape. So like the guy, that guy earned his keep because this made the bed for the entire rest of their career.
4: Wow. So, like
2: that choice was fucking massive. I'll bet you that it has something to do with Pete Walsh. I bet that they, they said what you've got, you could benefit from having this guy around you and he fucking comes in and changes their life just by sitting in. They I right. got this tape.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> now, there's a hero. Hey, I I, I liked it.
0: The, the, the usual drummer just was like Damon, like, I can't fucking play this. What do you, what do you, what
2: you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's only going to benefit. The guy's not going to do the road. So i yeah. like, hey, bring him in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm going to get all the chicks. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's going to be, this guy's going to be in fucking, uh, in Cudahy pounding his pud while I'm out there on the streets. Dude. <laughs> Cudahy. I don't know what Bell Cudahy.
0: Cudahy. <laughs> I'm the one with a freshly
2: shorn leg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
3: Here we go. Only chance, you Gotta have
2: that hand clap.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Took him a while to bring it in. There it is. Two big times. For Kath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she knows when to clap. (laughs) Do you guys remember how young Damon gets befuddled by things that are similar, like the Run Joey Run thing and everything? Sure. Yeah. So now I'm remembering that something else kind of threw me off. There's a song called Promises, Promises.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which is similar sounding. Yeah, yeah.
1: Promises, promises. And then he says in this, Promises, promises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, so I never confused the two songs. I was, you know, at that point old enough to kind of differentiate. But still you went, is the first guy pissed off that <laughs> the second guy came along and did that exact line? That's my word. You're using one of our words. <laughs> but said in that way and putting the right. promises twice in a row. Both you bands You used the did word
2: it. we used, but you used it twice, fuckheads. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right.
2: It sounds like Foot points running around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they wonder, what's going on, what's, what, when's he coming back? <laughs> Not home anymore. <laughs>
1: Fade out, yeah. I was, I was wondering, are they going to hit that chorus one more time? But I guess
2: not. This is not an easy song to sing along with, even if you have the lyrics, because what he's up to is just a strange, half-a-talky vibe. Yeah, his phrasing is difficult to, yeah. <laughs> it's a Mick Jagger uh, 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 delivery system, although I mean, you wouldn't accuse him of sounding like him in the slightest, but like Mick does stuff like this very well.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking of Phil it
2: from uh, Thin Lizzy.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same yeah, kind of th- like the way he talks, and then yeah, it was really hard for me to sing that one all the time. And the way he does that's odd.
2: Yeah, that's true. I I see that. they yeah. you know they they they're a storytelling people, aren't they? Stories, rich heritage, <laughs> stories passed down the tradition, generations, <laughs> round the fire,
0: <laughs>
2: Stonehenge.
1: at the Civil War reenactment. <laughs> All right, well, that was a beautiful sorbet, by the yeah. way. Yeah, beautiful.
2: Yeah. We needed that.
0: Yeah.
1: It was his turn to do the sorbet, and he promised us a
2: miracle, and guess what? He delivered. Delivered it. You have Absolutely to. Did. It's a responsibility of this. This. Uh, it's like batting cleanup. You got to come in and fucking knock all that shit out of here.
0: Yeah. You do. The
1: last yeah. line
2: of defense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and thank
0: God his didn't have anything to do with children. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: Bad children
0: musicians.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's funny stuff. (laughs) Despite all the pain. Yep.
1: All right. Well, another glorious episode from your pals, the Gitmo Bros. We are, say it together, the number Number one one rockers rockers forever. forever. (laughs) Forever. Thank you. Somehow I feel like Aaron doesn't ever participate in that.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm behind you guys, so I, I just, uh, I just. There's a delay. I always sound like a confused person, and I can't hold back from singing along to something, and because and I'm way off every time, and yet, yeah. and you know that, and you always leave it in. So, <laughs> Aaron's
0: the guy with the earpiece, like listening to the question and then looking at the camera.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm like coming from a, a bada Right. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Man on the street.
1: <laughs> fix up that uh that modem line going into the north star and maybe we could communicate better need that ninety thou. <laughs> slice it off
0: you might that take up ninety to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all yeah.
1: right well this has been episode 60 of the gitmo bros entertaining you once again uh, why don't you guys send us messages and stuff because i'd love to read them on future episodes and, uh, I guess that, uh, that will wrap it up with me and the boys and we will see you guys on, I guess that would be episode 61. Say goodbye.
0: Babe. Ciao, baby.
2: <laughs> Ciao, baby. Ear and loving. I'd like to rock a get up there and look foxy fuck. Mom!
3: Take it easy, it. I'm not gonna lower it! I have to do this now! I don't mind you playing it, but lower it!
5: Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing
4: End Transmission. Goodbye.